Hello and welcome to the e-commerce playbook podcast. My name is Andrew Ferris. Thanks so much as always for joining me today. We have an interview episode of the show with Ron Shaw, CEO and co-founder of Obvi, which is a monster of a business doing incredible things and and building in public, which obviously we love here on the e-commerce playbook podcast. I've talked endlessly, tried as much as possible to be as public and open about all of the things that are going on in the businesses that I've been involved with this entire time. So glad to have somebody else thinking about things that way. Today on the show, we're going to talk about a couple of things. One of them is the journey of Obvi a little bit in terms of sort of how Obvi got to where it's gotten. And as much as Ron will tell us about that, it will be awesome. But even more than that, I want to talk a little bit about upcoming plans. Ron, just published a really, really, really helpful Twitter thread about not only some plans around upcoming growth, but how they are planning to finance that growth, which is a crucial part of anything like this. It is not an easy problem to solve or a puzzle to put together. As you know, if you are running an e-commerce business, there are a lot of moving parts to running the finance side of things. So we're going to jump in. Hang in. I think you're going to really like this episode. Let's get into it. Ron, welcome to the e-commerce playbook. Thanks so much for taking some time out of your day. I know you've got plenty to do, so we appreciate you coming on, man. Hey, it's an honor to be on, and thank you for having me. Excited, to, excited to jump in. Yeah. So give people give people the background first. Start with start with a little bit about Obvi, kind of the history, what who you guys are, what you do, uh, yeah. anything you could say, sort of to give people context around the size and scope of the business that you can help people kind of understand where you're at in the e-commerce lifecycle for a company. Sure, absolutely. So I myself, I was an accounting major, worked at Deloitte. I uh, ended up working at a supplement brand after that and then started my own marketing agency that focused on helping health and wellness brands. And from there, in 2019, you know, decided, okay, I think I've learned enough to have my own brand now. Myself and my two co-founders, who we also had the same exact journey, went to college together, worked at the same company together, worked on the agency together, and now doing Avi together. Um, they say, don't work with your best friends. We're breaking that myth. So a little bit of Avi, uh, because we've been in the health and wellness space, for now coming up on 10 years, we figured, you know, let's stick to that space, right? Then when you look at health and wellness in general, it's obviously also a very competitive market. One of the things that we love, though, is the shift that's happening where people are moving a little bit away from, hey, I want to have a six pack to, hey, I want to wake up tomorrow feeling good. I want to look good. I want to be healthy. And uh, Avi is exactly kind of built on that fundamental of uh, it's a health and wellness brand catered towards making you look good and feel good. That's a really interesting observation about that shift in customers mentality that I had not noticed that until you just mentioned it, that in the health and wellness space, there is a decreasing emphasis on just pure external appearance. That's still, of course, part of it. Everybody wants to look good, but that there is an increasing element on like wellness and feeling good. I think that's super, super interesting. I think the pandemic also kind of pushed that even more where like, People are like, hey, I don't care about stacking the only the external piece. I really need to make sure I feel good and, and I'm healthy. Yeah, it really makes sense. That's super interesting. So you mentioned on Twitter, and this is your pinned tweet, right? So this is actually not the main thread that I want to talk about. But you guys bootstrapped 10 grand, built to 30 million in just under three years. One of those years being 2021. Obviously, one of those years being 2020, very good year for e-commerce. But another one being 2021, very hard year for a lot of e-commerce brands. You guys have, have thrived through that, not just survived. But I actually want to talk more about the future and some of the plans that you guys have. Because there is this really interesting component of what you talked about. Um, and we'll link... I'll 
heck, I'll link both those threads in the show notes. Um, so people can see kind of both. I really do appreciate the public building. One of the sort of cornerstones hallmarks of this show is like talking sure. very honestly. I mean, at one point we were referencing how much cash we had in the bank and all yeah. that. So uh, awesome. we, we, yeah, we love it. But you know, you say you're planning to spend $3 million in November for, for Black Friday, Cyber Monday. That's a, a large amount of money. And so can you break down that spend and talk sort of about what your plans are? I'd love to hear anything you could say about sort of like, I mean, even actually having a plan for how much money you will spend on ads alone almost gets you farther than a lot of e-commerce companies. Right. So like, right. right? Like a lot of people are not planned for a dollar amount in that stage. So it just reflects on like a well-run, well-thought-through business that you're thinking in advance about how to do that. And obviously, yeah. if you're going to spend that much money, you got to plan inventory for it. And you reference that here too. So talk me through that plan a little bit. What's the game plan? What are you guys attempting to accomplish there? And then I do want to talk a little bit specifically about financing it. Okay, awesome. You know, for us, because we're bootstrapped, right? And 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 the only investment we've made into the company is about ten thousand dollars back in twenty nineteen. It's hard to make that fuel last so long. I mean, we've we've been luckily, you know, uh, I think strategic enough to make it last long. But now, when you have opportunities to scale, you look at those opportunities, and what people don't realize, I think, is when you scale to a certain point and you want to scale to a, the next bridge, it actually costs more to do that. And um, when you realize the cost is higher, the, the output of cash is higher, you now need to come up with even more solutions to make that happen, right? You can go raise capital, you can go raise debt, or you can go and figure out how to move money around, right? So for us, all of this starts with a very clear picture of what do we want to spend. So we had a very clear mindset of, okay, in the month of November, our goal needs to be that we make $4 million in revenue. Okay. That is like our goal. That's our cornerstone goal. Now we work backwards. Okay. To get to 4 million in revenue, how much do we need to spend on advertising? Right. We're going to sit at about, about two and a half X, two and a quarter X return blended across the board. MER would be the term that like sometimes we reference here, right? So you're saying like $4 yeah. million total on like one and a half million in spend. Correct. Exactly. Great. Awesome. Yep. Yeah. So we take that, um, take that MER and we work backwards to say, okay, so if we want to hit that goal, we're going to have to spend at least $1.5 million. So when we have that number, now we break that down. Okay, so we're targeting going to be spending about $50,000 a day. Okay, now let's take that and break it down even further. How much are we going to spend on each platform? Okay, so we broke it down. Facebook, Google, TikTok, Snapchat, Pinterest, etc. Now we went and took it down another step and saying, what are the payment terms we have with okay, most of them, we've now garnered up net 30, right? And so that gives me right there 30 days where I don't have to touch the money that I have to give them. Okay. Yep. And then from there, what we're doing is the next step is, is there creative ways to where we can make net 30 turn into net 60, net 90, onwards and onwards? And that's where that creative solution and strategies of tools we use come into play. But that's kind of like the... Account. Just so I understand, you're saying on some of those platforms, the platforms themselves are giving you 30 days. And then that's on correct. top of that, you're paying the platform with some kind of solution. We'll come back to that in a second. But some kind of solution yeah. is going to extend those terms from there, basically. And that exactly. way you're creating... I mean, famously, the place that people all create negative cash conversion cycles, right, is with their manufacturers. And, and I, you know, we can talk about that in a second too. But this is something I think is really undervalued is that even just with no terms from a platform, if you're just paying net 30 on a credit card, just a baseline credit card, net 30, which most credit cards you have, uh, essentially, that creates negative cash conversion cycle on just your ad spend relative to your revenue itself. Now, that doesn't factor in the inventory. 
But that is a really nice little benefit of paying for your ads with a credit card. So, But you guys are not taking that and extending it further on the ad spend side of things. And then I want to come back to the inventory financing too, because um, I know yeah. that's, that's a whole other beast with this. But yeah, so I cut you off a little. Actually, why don't you go where you wanted to go next with that comment? Because you you might have the best logical breakdown of sort of how to think about it all. But yeah, no, 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 that's totally fine. I think uh, the, the biggest piece to that next step is like the tools you need to extend each platform or each charge that you're getting through the door, the way we look at it is anything above $10,000, there is no way in hell I'm paying that right now. right? And so now who's going to pay? That becomes the next logical discussion. And that's where now you start to take into like you take out your toolbox, right? And you say, all right, what am I going to use here to be the most strategic? right? And then again, like you mentioned, inventory, different beasts. Right, ad spend a little bit more manageable beast because you also don't have too many solutions you can use, right? And so you know, happy to go either either way. But um, I can jump into ad spend first, kind of what we're yeah. Doing. Start, let's start. Let's start there because I think a lot of people are not thinking about terms on their ad spend. Uh, yeah. And again, like I think when almost every time I've ever heard somebody talk about the idea of creating better cash conversion cycles or negative cash conversion cycles with reference to their manufacturers and their inventory, like the Jim Shark story is the famous one where yeah. it's like. You know, they're like, I don't know, negative net 90 or whatever. It was like some, yeah, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah, it was like insane amounts of of uh, cash flow lead because they had, they had figured it out by you know, squeezing the crap out of the manufacturers. So let's start on the ad spend side though. Yeah, on the ad spend side. So I'll, get, I'll go into Facebook because that's majority of our spend. Okay, Facebook is about sure. 75% of our spend. So yep. let's... Um, let's Everybody loves so, the idea of diversifying their ad spend, but Facebook yeah, is still the king. Facebook's, yeah. Facebook's king. So for us, let's just take, you know, what we're going to spend probably about a million dollars in the month of November just on Facebook alone, okay? So Facebook, because we've been obviously on that platform for some time, you're able to go to Facebook after about a certain amount of good behavior of, of paying off in time to ask them, hey, can I move to a net 30 billing cycle with you, okay? There's no certain threshold or minimum that you have to spend or to get this. It's purely relationship. We're able to get that a little bit closer to end of last year. What so were you spending meant, at the time? I know you said there's no threshold, but I'm sure it's about part of the consideration. Anywhere between 7,000 to 10,000 a day. I mean, so yeah, there's a lot of brands who are in that world. So like, oh, that's yeah. just like a, yeah. if you're listening to this and you're spending... Two to three hundred thousand dollars a day, or not, oh, a month? Excuse me. Uh, if you spend two to three hundred thousand dollars a day, you should be getting very good treatment. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, two, two to three hundred thousand dollars a day uh, a month, then you know you're in the range where they give this to Ron. So immediately go do that. And that also probably means that if you're lower than that, as Ron said, there's no threshold. Like press pause right now on the show. Yeah. yeah. Reach out to your Facebook rep and go start that conversation. What do we have to do? What kind of terms can we get? Even if they'll give you net fifteen and not net thirty, like yeah. that's better, right? Nailed that. It's such a boon to your cash flow. It would make such a big difference. Uh, it's such a huge difference. It was like, for us, it was like a huge, the day we got it, I remember it was like celebrating because like you don't realize that of is course. your biggest expense. And it's like, wow, I just got so much more time. Well, I mean, I don't know what your guys' LTV is like at Obvi, but I bet it's decent, at least if you're growing at the pace that you're growing and you yeah. know, given the category you're in, supplements, et cetera. I think like there's a chance that people have reordered by the time you have to pay for their first order, right? Like first order. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, it is. Uh it's it's really powerful. Um, and so I think for us, once we got that, so the way that works for people who who don't have it, basically, let's say it's January, so January first to January thirty-first, all the money you spend. They will invoice you February 1st. Okay. Now the catch is they invoice you, but you have to pay them via ACH. Uh-huh. And so that's bank transfer, right? So now yeah. it's like, right. damn, 
So you're still taking away my cash right away. Okay. But what's important to realize is there's tools to be created here. So right here now, one of the things that always kind of came to our mind was like, imagine you can pay the ACH via credit card, right? So we were stumbling upon a solution called plastic at that time. And plastic, what it does is, is don't take me on the terms. I think it's 2% or 2.5% or something like that. They'll charge you basically the credit card fee, okay? And they will pay the ECH as an advance for you and charge the credit card of your choice, uh-huh. right? So now I have this bank transfer I have to make that I don't want to make, even though Facebook's so nice enough to kind of give us the option to do this. Yeah. I don't want to pay that either yet. So now I go to Plastic and I say, all right, Plastic, you pay this for me and charge a credit card. So Plastic's like, all right, cool. I'm going to charge you a small percentage. And then they ask, which credit card do you want? So now if you're really strategic here, you can pick the right credit card too. And that's kind of what is our next step into this. Yeah. So Plastic ends up being the bridge between the terms from Facebook and then the credit card terms that you can get. And so how are you getting from that to net 90? Because that is a yes. now a gigantic jump. So you, yeah. you found a credit card solution to this. And yeah. that's the basis of, I know, us meeting here was uh, that solution, I believe. Yeah. So that solution, again, another thing that kind of stumbled upon was Parker. So Parker is a credit card credit card company that is built for D2C brands. To be honest, they haven't done much advertising. They haven't even like properly released it because they've just been such a good word of mouth company and project that's come about. And what Parker is, it's a true net 60 card, credit card, without any cycle. And uh, for people who kind of, you know, maybe want to understand that better is all credit cards that we have, we're on a cycle, right? So January 1st, my cycle will start and January 30th, it'll end. And then February 1st, you have to, or February 15th, you have to pay it, whatever it may be. What people don't realize, what people, I mean, don't realize is, is like credit cards are seem like, oh yeah, I have 30 days from when I charge something or 45 days from when I charge something to pay it off. However, the closer and closer you get to the end of your cycle, the less days you have right, to pay it off because right. you're getting charged at a certain fixed time. And so what the difference here is what Parker says is, listen, let's screw the cycle. We're going to make every charge its own cycle. So you put a charge on today, you'll get 60 days to pay. Now, tomorrow, if you choose to charge something, you get 60 days from tomorrow. And then a week from now, if you charge something, you'll get 60 days from a week from now, you know? And so every charge has its own unique cycle. And that gives you a true net 60. And the kicker to all of it, it's interest-free. So I just have 60 days to pay something off now without any interest. And it's like, it's kind of like, wait, what? You know, you have to kind of double check, triple check. And yeah. I've been, I still, I'm still triple checking it after seven yeah, months right, of using them right. because it's incredible. Yeah, so they're our sponsor for this month and they set us up set us up for this conversation. And it's funny because like the, you know, when they set set up this call, Parker said, like, hey, instead of us sending a representative to you, why don't you talk to Ron, who has used this really effectively? And actually, when I did the ad reads for them this month, I just was like, I have used Parker before, but I just was going like, man, this is a really good deal. Like Net 60. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, we, they paid us to say it, of course, at first, but it's like a really good deal. Like it's like net, net 60 is like on your credit card. And then now you're talking yeah. about, again, now now we've actually extended your ad terms out on 90 days. Like we've talked a lot on the show about Bamboo Earth, right? Our skincare brand. And it's actually occurring to me. I <laughs> True story here. I just slacked the president CEO of that brand, Dave Recook, and, and said like, hey, have we considered payment terms on that, on Bamboo Earth with Facebook? And then I was just thinking like, and are we using Parker? Because... It makes so much sense. And Bamboo Earth, 
has like a, a 30, 40%, something like that, 30% repeat rate within the first 60 days of purchase. So like I said, like customers are coming back. Yeah, I mean, they have they have like best in class LTV. So like they, yeah. customers are coming back and making their second purchase. And they're making that within, as I alluded to earlier, the time window, which you have not even paid for the acquisition of their first purchase. So from a cash flow perspective, and if you can combine that with a high margin business, and I don't know uh, what, you're, what you can say about Avi, like... It is just yeah. an absolute cash machine of a business yeah. at that point. Yeah, it's an ATM. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I think uh, you know, for us, when we layered on the Parker card, you know, we have we have decent margin. You know, we sit about a seventy six percent gross, fifty eight percent contribution margin. So we have decent margins. You know, for us, I think the bigger thing was because we're bootstrapped and there isn't, there was never a ton of cash in the bank. For us to be able to kind of push, pull, pull out something I'm, I'm, I'm paying for in January to acquire customers and gain revenue from, I'm not paying till April 1st. You know, right. That, right. that for me is that's gold because now I have three months to one, figure it out if I'm not doing something right, two, figure out if I am doing something right, what I'm going to do with all this excess cash and how I'm going to deploy it next. And three, start to plan my plan my expenses in bigger chunks instead of like everything being so PL based, which I see like D2C founders get so dampened by their monthly PL that it's like it's almost depressing. Um, no, oh, totally. no month is good enough. Um, and totally. so and it's because of the cash problem. It's not actually a PL problem, it's a cash problem. It is, it is. And but but you you look at the PL like, what do I cut? What do I cut? What do I, and it's not, it's like what you said, it's the balance sheet thing, and uh, it's just uh, yeah. I think it's a stigma of of uh, of, of how it's it's ran. Yeah, I I mean it, it's so fascinating, and like it's the kind of thing that creates agility and flexibility in your business in a way that is just like really really hard to communicate to, to somebody who hasn't been there. Like it's the fact that you could free up that much cash and actually use the cash to fund your growth again. Like for a bootstrap brand, like you just said, right? I mean, this is a sort of necessities the mother of invention kind of kind of situation, right? Because you're just sitting there staring at a bank account that doesn't have that much cash in it. It's just really hard to yeah. get that much cash. And so if you can actually just extend the terms so that your cash flow more favorably works and almost in some ways, I guess like looks more like your PL quote unquote, you know, like it it could be a huge I mean, it's just a tremendous, tremendous benefit. So to me, it's just sort of a no-brainer, I think, in terms of how much easier and better it, it can make your ad spend. Now there's dangers there too, which is that you can sort of overspend on because that bill's gonna come. So you have to be yeah. still smart about your cash. Still have to pay. Right? Still have to right. pay. But uh, and that's yeah. that's always the problem with anybody who's ever gotten themselves into you know regular personal yeah. credit card debt from overspending yeah. understands this well, right? Like yeah. it's nice it, that you have thirty day terms, but yeah, the terms. I think I always like to you know I always try to put this in the in, in the top of any messages. Uh, terms and getting these types of tools does not eliminate the fundamentals of still running a good business, right? It's not like oh shit, wow, let me just get reckless. It's what it's doing is it's allowing you to look That's at right. your business in a different way, but your fundamentals of being profitable or working towards profitability or understanding your metrics, knowing your numbers, those things don't go away because of a net 60 card. A net 60 card gives you the power to where on top of all of those metrics, you're able to have a little bit of breathing room to think about your business differently. Yeah, it's so interesting. I, you know, the other thing is about that is that I think people also undervalue the fact that like the ability to produce cash is going to help your valuation. There is a difference to an investor to a potential, you know, acquisition partner between a good PL and actual 
cash production. And, you know, I think in that respect, I've talked to PE guys who have just said this really vocally, just like a business that's actually generating that much cash has a bunch more value. So it just makes all the sense in the world. So yeah, that's interesting. Let's, let's go over to the, um, to the manufacturing side. So what what have you guys done there to, to, uh, also, uh, ease the load there? Yeah. A couple things. I do this thing called uh, kind of reverse negotiation where um, when you have a product that has decent margins, right? And this can't be applicable for everyone. So I wouldn't recommend it for everyone. But if you have decent gross margins, what we do is we actually utilize that and we go to our manufacturer from time to time and say, hey, listen, for this run, if I can pay you a higher price per product, call it 3% more, 4% more, wherever it may be, are you willing to give me some terms, right? Yeah. Maybe net 30, maybe net 45, net 60, whatever it may be. And nine times out of 10, it's worked in a very positive format for us because yep. they're like, oh, wait, I'm going to get more margin. I can float this, right? Because in the end, their profit, they're paying for profit. And we've built enough of a relationship to where they're going to trust it, right? So there's a good mixture of trust and a profit play for them. And for you, if you can make your margin profile work and you're not running super slim, totally. you getting those extra net 30 or net 45 from them is a first great start to this. You know, the next piece to it is is layering on plastic and, and Parker again to get push that, push those charges out. Also use a tool called upside financing, which can take anything that Parker pushes out. By, and push it out an extra 120 days. Obviously, there's fees tied to that part, which yeah. is a little bit more steep. But knowing that if you are in a position where you have a good business but have cash flow issues, right? There are ways where you can use your margin to your benefit. And you don't have to drown in this thing of like, damn, this is due today. My business is healthy, but I'm not seeing the cash in. And a lot of it is for these people who do retail plays, you know, retail crushes you, even if you're running an extremely healthy business. So um, you end up, you end up getting your money 10 months after you sell the product, essentially, right? Like there's terms on both sides of the deal and between your manufacturer and then like, you know, a big retailer is going to want six months or whatever, you know, I've I've seen a a year from big retailer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 180 days has become very common and it's it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And they'll shrug their shoulders and say, all right, you want to walk? Uh, yeah. That's fine. It's the power of leverage, man. It works. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just and there's it's just costs and benefits to all this, right? Like there is a point at which you actually should take the P and L, right? You should take the margin back and not pay for the financing, particularly if you have need. Depending on how much like use you have for the cash in other places in your business, this is ultimately a question right. in part of like, do you want to pay? Do you want to finance the inventory, or is there somewhere where you can get a better return on that money than than essentially the cost of the debt? And so it, it makes sense that you would um, that you would consider doing both these things. Settles definitely another option here for some people along the way. And the other move that I've heard, though this takes a longer time and a lot of effort, and I've seen a couple of e-commerce businesses do this, is to actually go down and get asset-based loans from banks. And so they go get much cheaper debt on their inventory. And there's, yep. again, some challenges with this, but um, to go get asset-based financing and get you know prime plus one, prime plus one and a half, whatever, on their inventory financing as well. That's you know, it's so time-intensive, in fact, that it might the cost of the time might actually not be worth it. But And uh, requires a personal guarantee. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, depending on the health yeah. of your business, right? So, right. and how far along your business is and some of that stuff. But yeah, for a few years, for sure, it's going to require a PT. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. The, um, but yeah, it's really interesting. And I think what you're saying there is like using that margin to your advantage on the cost. Now, 
the businesses that I think this makes especially a lot of sense for is businesses where they actually have pretty decent gross margins, but they get killed on shipping. And I wouldn't be shocked if Obvi was a little bit in this camp. If you guys, if it was a little bit of expensive to ship, I don't know. You know, you don't have very small packages. It doesn't look super heavy, but right. Yeah. We yeah, we, we sit about just about a pound and a quarter per, per package. Okay. So we're not yeah. under a pound, which you know is yeah. where it becomes cheap. Yeah. We, it does. It does hit us a little. Yeah. yeah, I think back to when we were running slick at four over hundred. You know, heavy heavy bottles of, of soaps for dirt bikes and stuff like that. So those, you know, we just got destroyed on shipping all the time. And you know, the move here, I think, would make a lot of sense to try to finance the ad spend and the inventory the way you're talking about. Because if you can at least make that cost a little bit better, because the actual gross margin on the product itself is not that bad. So paying a percentage of that order is relatively low cost. The place where they actually get destroyed is in shipping. And so you could actually like the the debt on financing. So even though at the sort of like total cost of delivery to the customer for slick, you know, you would get to these 45, 50% kind of numbers where your margin at the end of the day was 50%, but such a large portion of that was eaten up with shipping and not with the cost of the product itself, that if you could finance the product that you weren't actually paying that much despite that the margins are not that good. So, you know, for those kind of businesses, there may be a particular leverage point there of being able to say like, oh, if we can cash flow is a little bit better on that, we could be in better shape. Otherwise, you're just eating up so much cash, especially again, as you mentioned, as you grow, you're looking at you guys are trying to make $4 million in a month. You're, tr- you're trying to grow. You're planning out around that. You have to outlay a whole bunch of cash on the inventory side to make that happen. And so, or you don't if you finance it accordingly. So, right. Awesome. I, you know, I think it's a great conversation and it's something that we talk about and reference on this show fairly often, but not, not in the level of detail in a particular business. It's a little farther down the road than I ever got with it when I was running for over 100. I was sort of just dipping my toe in the water at the time. So really, really cool to hear that. We'd love to hear... This is just a, a question I've, I've liked asking people recently. Ron, uh, sort of related to all of this, is there anything sort of that's floating at the top of your mind right now as an operator? This is my experience in e-commerce. That there's just kind of always something occupying a top space in my mind. Uh, yeah. Is there is there something, whether it's related to this conversation or another one that you're just sort of thinking about that's like, if you're talking to a bunch of people, that, that's worth oh, sharing? Oh man, just, just one thing? Uh, it could be a couple. Is it, but, yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Um, I mean, yeah, it could be I about think... management or process or excuse. It could be anything, you know, life, whatever. <laughs> What's top uh, of your mind you know, in business right now? I think the biggest thing that's on top of my mind has been if we go through another supply chain crisis, huh. okay? Huh. How are people going to make it out again? Right? Like what happened with like the LA port, the Suez Canal, the shortages, the price, the freight? Like, I think, sadly speaking, I think another wave's coming in Q4 into Q1. Oh, interesting. Um, and I I just don't see enough people, or maybe this is more so like maybe I have too many of my blinders on and I'm not looking enough, but I don't see enough people prepping for Q4 to Q1 with the same intensity that's required even more so than prior years. Um, you know, prep prep was always required, but now we have to have like emergency planning used to be one of those things like, yeah, I have a backup plan. Now it's the backup plan can very much become plan A very quickly. Yeah. And um, even for us, like we have four free gifts we're doing for, for Black Friday. I ordered eight free gifts, you know, because I, I don't know if those four will make it in time. And I need four other backup gifts that we're going to be giving. So I just, it's always on my mind. It's like are people ready to plan for all of what could come, you know, kind of just because I, I just feel like it's like this calm right now, you know, September, October, and like the storm, I feel like could be coming again. That's always on top of my mind. 
negative way to think about it. But nah, I mean, I remember talking to an investor at one point who was saying to me essentially, like one of the things that I was bad at as a CEO, and this is because I'm I'm an optimist in every possible way. He's saying, like, you, you just need to be better about like seeing where the problem is around the corner. You just need to you just need to get a little more negative yes. about this. Like it's one of your jobs as a CEO is to just be preparing and thinking that way. And so like I love that. I love that you're just kind of going like, wait a minute, what happens if? Um, yeah. And how how does that break us potentially? Because right. you know, if nothing else, like you just have to survive to fight another day, you know. And so, yeah, super super interesting. I love that point. Um, all right, Ron, where should people follow up with you if they want to hear more from you? Obviously, Twitter. Like I said, we're going to link both those threads in the show notes. Thank um, you. We'll link out to Parker as well and thank them for sponsoring this episode. So, if they want more from you, Ron, what should they do? Yeah. So um, I think uh, Twitter is the best, obvious CEO on Twitter. And then um, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. So just uh, look at cool. my name on LinkedIn. Cool. All right. We'll kick those things your way and, and all that. I appreciate your time so much. Hi, I appreciate you having me. And thank you so much. And thanks for the thought-provoking conversation. All right. That was Ron Shaw from Obvi. Go check out Obvi. Go check out Ron. All the relevant links are there in the show notes. Really cool. Appreciate his time a lot. Like I said on the show this week, you know, stuff here that we talk about all the time uh, in terms of finance and referencing all of that as being a really important part of this business. But you know, if you've listened to me, that my main area of background has been in growth marketing. And so when I kind of ask that question of myself, what's the top of mind stuff? A lot of the times it's around that growth marketing stuff. So glad to have Ron on and talk through that. Go check out Parker, go check out Ron, his stuff. If you liked this episode of the show, I would also love if you would rate and review as always. And you can also reach out to me on Twitter at Andrew J. Ferris. And I would love to hear from you. There is the best place to do it. Thanks as always for listening. Hope all is well with you, your life, your family, your business, all the rest. I'll talk to you next time.